International Women's Day and welcome to the first of what will be two episodes today on Wednesday 8th of March where today we want to celebrate and champion all of the amazing ladies um, around us, thank them for their contributions to society and to our industry. So today I wanted to speak to just a few of the female leaders that we've got in the Guild Network. Now there are obviously so many, we're so lucky to have such inspiring female leaders around us, but we've chosen just a few that we've invited on to our podcast so that we can talk about their experiences. So I'll let them introduce themselves. So first off, maybe if you state your name, your agency and your location and how long you've been in property for. Angie, I'm gonna start with you. I'm Angie Cooney. I'm from C Residential based in Rugeley in Staffordshire. And I've been an agent for just over 32 years. Fabulous. And Gail? Hi, I'm Gail Furnival from Barber's Estate Agents in Shropshire. Been an agency for 23 years, um, but with Barber's for 19 years. Wonderful. And lastly, Maria. Um, I'm Maria Morgan-Gean. I own Platinum Properties in Ely in Cambridgeshire. I've been in the industry over 20 years, 10 years owning and running Platinum. Um, and we do, of course, have Ian McKenzie here with us as well, as usual. And Ian, I wanted to start by picking up on something you said to me last week, I think it was, when I came to you and I said, I've got this great idea. I think we should do a podcast episode on International Women's Day. And you said, am I the right person to do it? I'm, I'm a man. Am I the right person? You offered to step, step down, didn't you, Ian? I did indeed, yeah. And my argument to that is that International Women's Day isn't about excluding people, excluding men from conversations, because it's so healthy to have that kind of other perspective. And the theme for this year's International Women's Day is embrace equity. And equity is different to equality in that we give everyone the same opportunities kind of regardless of their skill level or regardless of any other kind of differences that they may have. So thank you, Ian, for still staying on this podcast with us. That's okay. I can ask some awkward questions now. That's a good <laughs> well, I don't really want to permit you to do that, but we'll see. Shall I, I start with one, though? Yeah, if you've can, got one. Can I? Yeah, can I ask why, and anybody can answer, why you feel it's important to celebrate International Women's Day? That's a big question to start with, Ian, isn't it? Great <laughs> in there. I, I think, to be fair, I, I'm, and having not really been that aware of it until the last two or three years, um, it, I think it is important because there are so many women who don't feel that they are good enough to do some of the roles that, well, that we're doing, for example. And I'm not just talking about estate agency. I'm talking in business in general. And I think there was too many stereotypes. Um, I think that I, I think I'm older than Maria, <laughs> but um, you know I, I've grown up in, working in very male-dominated workplaces for most of my working life, and actually having a day, an international day, to celebrate what we do and what we can do is is really important. Um, and and I, for one, have. Uh, I'm a big champion of it. I never thought I would find myself to be a champion of it, but I'm grateful that I am. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it makes us think about how we can support women to thrive and the advantages um, to the world of us doing so and being a contributing factor in that. 
I um, have a very different thought process, if I'm honest. I think that um, when you asked me to be on it, Holly, to be honest, I was like, really? Because I run a predominantly women-based industry anyway. I've been in it 30 odd years, as you know, and I've always employed women, not, not just because they're women, but because I've employed the best people for the job when they come for interviews and they just happen to be women, most of them. I do celebrate women, International Women's Day. I do understand what you're saying, Gail, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. I can see that point of view and I accept that point of view, but I'm, you know, do I want to embrace it? I just think, is a part of me that thinks, do you need it? Yes, there are, because I don't come across people who are, who do feel that way, I think, in, in my world. So I have a different approach. I can appreciate your, honestly, I can, and yourself, Maria, but I think that, I did question myself, Ian, whether I was the right person on here. It's good to. It's always good to to think of those sorts of things, isn't it? I mean, I'm, yes. I'm, a, dad, I'm a dad of two daughters, as you, some of you know, um, and they both find stereotype in the workplace. One of them is uh, one of them is a chemist, the other one is a chemical engineer. Uh, she got her first class masters in chemical engineering, and she comes back from work or phones me and says, "Dad, they treat me like the dumb blonde." Um, and, you know, it's a really interesting conversation with her because she's a highly intelligent girl, but is treated stereotypically. Mm. So, so maybe, Angie, you're right. Maybe the environment that you've created or the sector that we work in is probably more um, equitable, is the, but maybe yes. others out there are less. I don't know. I've also got two daughters um, and one's in the film and TV in that sort of um, as that career. She finds it very male dominated and my other daughter's an actor. So I do understand the flip side to that because obviously I've got a younger, my daughters are 24, 25. So they definitely have it in their industry, but I, me personally for my industry here, less so. But that's quite interesting, isn't it? We, we work in an industry that can be perceived as being exceptionally male dominated, yet we've both got, we've You've just touched on your daughters. I've got a 24-year-old daughter who works in the farming industry and has fought to become an artificial insemination <laughs> engineer. Uh, and all the people that she works with are male. Yeah. And the farmers are male. Yet, ironically, this company took a chance with her because she didn't give up. She was persistent I can't imagine where she got that from um but they gave her a chance and she's now one of their top AI engineers and the farmers love her but isn't it interesting that we've got a generation of daughters that are still seeing you know the the, the fight that women can have in the workplace I do agree with you as well, though, Angie, in the sense of the fact that I've never really come across discrimination. I, When I first started out, I had a male boss who very much championed women and had two of us as directors of the company, um, having trained us through the industry. So I've been very lucky in terms of that. And now I run a very predominantly female-based company. I mean, I took on my first gentleman at the beginning of this year. Um, so I do see the side that that you are talking about here too, but I think just because we've been lucky enough to experience that, it doesn't mean that everybody is in that position. Yeah, I think that's a really, really healthy debate to be having is that 
challenging that it's 2023 do we still need this you know do we still need to be celebrating women and saying how great they are well yeah we do because although we obviously have got this amazing experience and we're so lucky to be able to do anything we want to do we have to remember that it's an international celebration and there are still countries in the world where that isn't as normal and women aren't given the same opportunities so I think it's really good for us to explore how lucky we are. And the thing for me as well with International Women's Day and just seeing women in power and in, in bigger roles and leadership roles is that I can suffer with a lot of imposter syndrome. And I know that everyone does in what's some form or another. But when you see women doing the things that you seek to do in the future, it helps to kind of solidify that that you're you're not an imposter and it is possible so I think it's just about raising the profiles of of women as well and you're quite right we this is why I wanted Ian on the podcast as well we should celebrate men as well if people are doing a good job regardless of gender they're doing a good job I think that um whoever you are you whether you're male or female or non-binary or whatever everybody everybody suffers from imposter syndrome and I think that um even the most ballsy of people will sit there and have their doubts and you let the little people in your head. It's one of those, that's true, being human, surely. It's not just about gender. So with that mind, I've got two, two questions then. So would we agree or disagree that the sector that we work in is probably less sexist? It, it would be the, you know, I don't know if that's the appropriate word to, to use. I guess it is. It, it's, is it more sort of accepting of... Uh, gender, male, female, non-binary, etc. Is it is it there yet, or is it worse in other sectors? Do you think? I personally think that there are a lot of great independent companies doing great things that don't give a fig about gender. To be perfectly honest with you, and are quite happy, as Angie quite rightly says, to employ the right person for the right job. However, I am also acutely aware that there. I see within the industry women talking still about the fact that they are within companies that do still have a gender bias. I think, to be fair, you know, we've for many years I've gone to many gatherings of a of, of group of gaggle of estate agents and been very lucky in my time to have done on stages and picked up awards. And it's only when you look back at the photographs of the teams on stages that there are very few women on there which is you know um you talk about imposter syndrome i i'm sitting on this today with with angie who is to me is a great role model um and i i think it's tremendous that more women are being seen on the stage however you only have to look out in a crowded room at any conference any awards ceremony and the, the women are outnumbered quite, I feel, tremendously. Um, I, I don't know what whether anybody else agrees with that or it's not. And is, is that because um, of the representation at senior management level of females, do you think? When I was getting into agency, which is, gosh, I think I was about 24, 25, it was very much that. It was very much the, the secretary was there or the little gal typist was there. And that sort of, for a long, long time. And then I became part of Prudential. And Prudential had a different attitude to things. So I think that I've grown up, and I'm not just saying this, I, you know, I just 
see men and I see women and and it just changes the balance. It is beginning to change. And I because I'm me and I spend maybe I I like a exocet missile and just sort of work out where the women are in the group. I don't know, but I don't see that. I I, I do understand what you're saying. And I look at the awards and things that we go to and do see a lot of male things. But again, I just see them as peers. But maybe that's just my little head. No, it's not, Angie, because I'm pretty much the same as you. I've got to be honest. I'm not. I think we have to be really careful to not look for something all the time. I think we need to be really careful with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would say that as an observation... Yes, these conference rooms are quite often filled with, like you say, people in male in leadership roles. But like you say as well, Angie, this is starting to balance out. And it's not that there's no women in agency. It's not that necessarily that there's less. It's that the balance is slowly tipping and it will eventually become more women at these types of events. And like like you say as well, Angie, is I'm so lucky that I do get to meet so many women and I know so many women in the industry and I could probably name more women than men sometimes and it does like you say Maria depend what you're looking for or what you're looking at if you're looking to find a kind of discrimination you're probably going to find it do you mind if I answer Ian's question please do you are you said then um do we think that there is less of I think there is less of of you know an equality problem in the state agency I think that it's got quite a good balance. Yes, it could be more, but there's a lot of reasons why people don't go in and set their own business up because, you know, maybe it's not right for them or, you know, with their family and things like that. Because, let's be honest, men can't go off and have babies, you know, so that's it in a nutshell. And I think that, um, I think there's less of it. I mean, I was quite shocked talking to my daughters when they were saying to me that at 24 and 25, they've got it. That we, they've still got the male female thing because they've never grown up with that either you know they've always been everybody's equal because of course they are I think that leads quite well into my next kind of topic for discussion where like you say women are quite often off making the families and you know having other life experiences so do you think and maybe you can liken this to your own experiences is there enough being done to support women in what they want to do outside of work. Obviously with COVID and everything, we've made such massive advancements in flexible working and hybrid Mm. working. And I think that's going to open up a lot of doors for women who, you know, even people in, in Nurture, in the Guild, they've managed to get so many benefits from hybrid working and having their family at the same time. So from anyone's experience or what are you offering in your agencies, which, which allow for that? I'm not a good example of this lately. So um, I've actually had to have a whole new team towards the end of last year, beginning um, of this year. Um, Several of my girls got pregnant, did return to work after being pregnant, but actually found that was just too much for them um, in this type of industry, trying to work part time. Um, even job sharing and recruiting more staff in, the mental load for them was just too great. Um, And so they've moved on to other things, unfortunately. And that's a real shame because they were incredibly talented women. Um, and, And so I've been sad to see them go, but hopefully as their children become school age, if they wanted to come back, you know, we've made it perfectly clear, we'd be more than happy to accommodate whatever we could for them because they are talented at what they do. 
And I think this actually leads me to a point that I want to make is it's not just about workplaces, it's about home life as well. I think the problem is it's still seen that the women carry the can when it comes to childcare, when it comes to household care, when it comes to life admin for the family. You know, I'm very lucky to have a husband and a stepson. So for me, I come at this very differently because I don't have children of my own. Um, so I think Paul shares the load more greatly in this household because Oliver is his son. Um, and it does make a huge difference when that is a possibility in your home life as well as work. And, and it's interesting, isn't it, that, you know, that you have the staff that do go and have the babies and as they should. Um, and we're all bitterly disappointed when they don't come back. But it's interesting that um, I did have a member, so she's my senior valuer now. And, and I will just say that my team is predominantly female um, when we've got one young lad. They're my family. They're not my team. They are my family. Um, and it's interesting you say about the home life. Their home life is just as important as their work life. And we were actually doing flexible working before covid came along um, to enable people to have a work-life balance and you know um, my my valuer she's I feel like she's a mini me actually because you know what she does as a part-time employer you know she she can do more hours than a full-time because she's dedicated but I give her the flexibility and it's interesting that my team now we've been together that long We've gone through all the baby stuff. We've gone through the kids being at school and college and all those dramas. And we're now in the next phase of our lives, which is, and I think you have put it down on here, Holly, uh, menopause. So sorry, Ian, but, um, you know, um, and, and not just that. One thing that you did miss out on that, again, I think is where women leaders, hate to say, are important, um, grief. We, we're of an age where we start losing parents and family. Um, an illness and I think you know I, I like to think I, I care about them not just because of my staff and my family and I think we can have a greater understanding and, and, and me as the only female director of our company I'm the one that the rest of the girls in the offices will come to for that greater level of compassion and that's no disrespect to my fellow directors they're great guys you know they, they're lovely but Sometimes women want to speak to women. Um, so we are dealing with a very different skill set that's needed for those sort of issues as well. So, um, yeah, it's 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 moving all the time, isn't it? Whether it's um, babies to grave, as it were. Life, life moves on. Yeah, certainly does. I um, set up C Residential when my children were three and four or four and five. Um, so I sort of went through having all the babies and the this and the that and, and people with children and people without children and, and I'd like about eight C residential babies. But unfortunately, I don't know whether it's mindset, but that those people didn't come back into the, you know, and they'd had the babies. And I'm like you, Gail, I, everybody's a massive family here, you know, and we take everything and I take everything so personally and <laughs> they come back and I'm like, oh, but you know, you get on with it, don't you? I'm at a stage now at the grand old age of 58. I think, you know, people with children, I haven't got anybody with children now. Let me text in the next thing about menopause, but we've, I've got all older women now and we have a great time and 
we just all have a laugh together. If you follow any of my Instagram and TikTok, you'll see all of that. Um, we just have we just have a great big laugh, and that's what we do now. We, mm. the dynamics of the company have changed. Can I ask a killer question? Do you feel that your career or your career journey has been enhanced or inhibited by your gender? I have to say I'm, for me, pretty neutral, but I am accepting of the fact that it's a yin and yang situation, isn't it? For every equal, there is an opposite, because I think to be a woman in this industry, you do need to be quite ballsy at times, to be fair. Um, and you're always going to have the other side that go, mm, well, she's a bit, mm, you know. <laughs> oh, I hope they say that about me. I'll be so thrilled if they did, Maria. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've had it and it doesn't, it's like water off a duck's back. But then I think you need to have that ability to have things a bit like water off a duck's back to do what we do at the end of the mm. day. Um, but that it, it's just that thing, isn't it? Of Yes, we bring the nurturing, we bring the ability to understand, we bring the compassion to the job too. We bring all of those qualities. But then there is that equal and opposite side to it of when you do then have to make those difficult decisions and you have to stand firm and you have to be quite vociferous in your position. There's that other side to it where you, you sometimes get that pushback because, well, you're a woman. Mm. Can, can I, uh, Gail, actually you answer, you answer before I just make pick up on a point, if I may. I feel as though my career is in two halves. Um, I always felt before 2008, when the company was a very different company, and I was there was nine managers at that point, and I there was only two female managers, and I felt like the lesser voice. I, I did, um, and that's something that um, you know uh, I made known afterwards. 2008 happened, recession happened, big company changes happened, and actually I found my voice because I realized that I couldn't just sit back and watch these men make these big decisions that were actually wrong. Mm. <laughs> and I realized, you know what, I do have a voice um, and I've got to speak up, which I did. Um, so fast forward to 2023, and I'm so glad I did because it was fight or flight, I think in 2008 mm. and I fought and, um, which is why I'm here now. So I say, I do feel as though my career and albeit my estate agency career has been predominantly with barbers. It's been two very different companies and it's only in the last 15 years, decade, I would say that um, I feel differently about it. But if you'd have asked me in 2007, it would have been a very different answer because it was a very different, well, same person, but different voice. Yeah, I think it takes all all of us um, regardless of gender, time to grow into your own skin. Absolutely. I certainly, I certainly know that I'm different to how I used to be. Um, yeah. If I can just pick up on the point that Maria made, um, and I can't remember exactly the words, but you said uh, sometimes you have to be ballsy, I think was roughly what you said. Yep. But if a, man, if a man were behaving uh, in that way, would they be called a go-getter or driven? <laughs> and yet if a woman behaves in that way they're called ballsy and let's just think about balls is another name for testicles so is there so is there this sort of again subliminal message which is you're being successful because you're behaving like a man i do think the language is certainly different between each gender when it comes to 
being a woman can be feisty rather than confident, which yeah. has got negative connotations. Um, Something to be really careful of, isn't it? Re really mindful of, I think. No, definitely, definitely. I suppose language does come into this an awful lot. And at the time when you're speaking like we are right now, it's not something you immediately think about until it's questioned like that. But it's a very good point. Right. So we'll move on. My next question. Um, have you been inspired by any female leaders, uh, either in this industry or outside of this industry? And if so, who and why? Uh, my mum. To use your phrase, Maria, which I use this phrase all the time. She's a real ballsy woman and ahead of her time. And I just think um, there was never a thing. There's, she invented the word, the word glass ceiling. You know, she was, you know, she's 82. And she came from Ireland, you know, 19. She got married, had five kids by 25, three girls, two boys. And we all were treated the same. And we all just got, they just go out and get it. So I think it's sort of inherited from my end. So my mom, that's my answer. Oh, love that. It's, it's interesting you put that, Angie. I wrote down three people when I was started making some notes and thinking about this. I mean, I just kept on coming back to my nan. That was it, my nan. Mm. She worked up until she was 68. Um, I spent a lot of time with her in, when we were children because she worked. And she actually worked for a very small builder. Who was, you know, who built her and, and she used to go on show homes. It must have been in the oh, blood nice. when I was little. But she ruled the builders, the architects, the office with she always used to say it was um she ruled them with a, a steel hand and a silk glove. And I remember that from the 80s, you know, and thinking, oh my God. And she always had she had a company car, you know. My na I was the only one who had a nan that had a company car, <laughs> but she was incredibly driven, incredibly spirited. Um, so yeah, when I was looking and thinking about something, I just kind of think it's my nan. And and I do often like to think I worked with a lady a few years in my first agency, and and I'm going a little bit off track here, but this lady thought she kept looking at me, and she was the sales progress that she was really ballsy. <laughs> You had to be, still do. And um, she kept on saying to me, where are you from? Anyway, it turned out she knew my nan. When she was a youngster starting off in Howard Property, she worked for my nan. And she was like, you are your nan. And I said, oh, my God, that's the greatest compliment anybody could pay me. So, again, you know, I was starting to think about famous people. But no, sorry, it's Elsie Snow from Stoke-on-Trent. Oh. <laughs> there you go. That's mine. What I love about that is the fact that clearly we all come from a background of having strong women in our lives. Um, because I would have said exactly the same about my nan. She ran a company with my grandfather that was incredibly successful. Um, and we spent a huge amount of her our time with us, um, with her as children, to the point where um, I'd be sent off for one week of the school holidays and refused to come home for all six. Um, and because my mum worked as well. Um, but my nan was a very black and white woman, you know, she either liked it or she didn't, and that was how it was. And she didn't care what anybody thought about that. And I think that's really interesting that we've all had that type of influence in our lives. Yeah, well, maybe there's something to be said about it. Wow. Is it nature or nurture? That's interesting. Probably yeah. a bit of both. Yeah, nature, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I I think that that is a great place to end the podcast. I think in conclusion, 
I think that your model women has explained a lot about this in that there was some debate about do we need women International Women's Day? Maybe not for us because we've been lucky enough to see that instilled in our families and in our life. And it's just ingrained within us that women are just as equal as men and that there's nothing in it. So I think that we've all been very lucky, but it's been such an interesting conversation. I've learned a lot about all three of you. So I'm so pleased that you came on. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you all. We will see you all very soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.